Shane by Jack Schaefer, Chapter 8 This time Mother was right. Shane was changed. He tried to keep things as they had been with us, and on the surface nothing was different. But he had lost the serenity that had seeped into him through the summer. He would no longer sit around and talk with us as much as he had. He was restless with some far-hidden desperation. At times, when it rode him worst, he would wander alone about our place, and this was the one thing that seemed to soothe him. I used to see him, when he thought no one was watching, run his hands along the rails of the corral he had fastened, test with a tug the posts he had set, pace out past the barn looking up at the bulging loft, and stride out where the tall corn was standing in big shocks to dig his hands in the loose soil and lift some of it and let it run through his fingers. He would lean on the pasture fence and study our little herd like it meant more to him than lazy steers to be fattened for market. Sometimes he would whistle softly, and his horse, filled out now so you could see the quality of him and moving with a quiet sureness and power that made you think of Shane himself, would trot to the fence and nuzzle at him. Often he would disappear from the house in the early evening after supper. More than once, the dishes done, when I managed to slip past Mother, I found him far back in the pasture, alone with the horse. He would be standing there, one arm on the smooth arch of the horse's neck, the fingers gently rubbing around the ears, and he would be looking out over our land, where the last light of the sun, now out of sight, would be flaring up the far side of the mountains, capping them with a deep glow and leaving a mystic gloaming in the valley. Some of the assurance that was in him when he came was gone now. He seemed to feel that he needed to justify himself, even to me, to a boy tagging his heels. "'Could you teach me,' I asked him, "'to throw somebody the way you threw Chris?' He waited so long I thought he would not answer. "'A man doesn't learn things like that,' he said at last. "'You know them.' and that's all. Then he was talking rapidly to me, as close to pleading as he could ever come. I tried. You can see that, can't you, Bob? I let him ride me, and I gave him his chance. A man can keep his self-respect without having to cram it down another man's throat. Surely you can see that, Bob? I could not see it. What he was trying to explain to me was beyond my comprehension then and I could think of nothing to say. I left it up to him. He didn't have to jump me that second time. He could have called it off without crawling. He could have, if he was man enough. Can't you see that, Bob? And still, I could not. But I said I could. He was so earnest, and he wanted me to so badly. It was a long, long time before I did see it, and then... I was a man myself, and Shane was not there for me to tell. I was not sure whether father and mother were aware of the change in him. They did not talk about it, not while I was around anyway. But one afternoon, I overheard something that showed mother knew. I had hurried home from school and put my old clothes on and started out to see what father and Shane were doing in the cornfield when I thought of a trick that had worked several times. Mother was firm set against eating between meals. 
That was a silly notion. I had my mind set on the cookies she kept in a tin box on a shelf by the stove. She was settled on the porch with a batch of potatoes to peel, so I slipped up to the back of the house through the window of my little room and tiptoed into the kitchen. Just as I was carefully putting a chair under the shelf, I heard her call to Shane. He must have come to the barn on some errand, for he was there by the porch in only a moment. I peered out the front window and saw him standing close in, his hat in his hand, his face tilted up slightly to look at her, leaning forward in her chair. I've been wanting to talk to you when Joe wasn't around. Yes, Marion. He called her that the same as father did, familiar, yet respectful, just as he always regarded her with the tenderness in his eyes he had for no one else. You've been worrying, haven't you, about what may happen in this Fletcher business. You thought it would just be a case of not letting him scare you away, and of helping us through a hard time. You didn't know it would come to what it has. And now, you're worried about what you might do if there's any more fighting. You're a discerning woman, Marion. You've been worrying about something else, too. You're a mighty discerning woman, Marion. And you've been thinking that maybe you'll be moving on. And how did you know that? Because it's what you ought to do, for your own sake. But I'm asking you not to. Mother was intense and serious, as lovely there with the light striking through her hair as I had ever seen her. Don't go, Shane. Joe needs you. More than ever now. More than he would ever say. And you? Shane's lips barely moved, and I was not sure of the words. Mother hesitated. Then her head went up. Yes, it's only fair to say it. I need you too. So, he said softly, the words lingering on his lips. He considered her gravely. Do you know what you're asking, Marion? I know and I know that you're the man to stand up to it. In some ways it would be easier for me, too, if you rode out of this valley and never came back. But we can't let Joe down. I'm counting on you not ever to make me do that. Because you've got to stay, Shane, no matter how hard it is for us. Joe can't keep this place without you. He can't buck Fletcher alone. Shane was silent and it seemed to me that he was troubled and hard-pressed in his mind. Mother was talking straight to him, slow and feeling for the words, and her voice was beginning to tremble. It would just about kill Joe to lose this place. He's too old to start in again somewhere else. Oh, we would get along, and might even do real well. After all, he's Joe Starrett. He's all man, and he can do what has to be done. But he promised me this place when we were married. He had it in his mind for all the first years. He did two men's work to get the extra money for the things we would need. When Bob was big enough to walk and help some and he could leave us, he came on here and filed his claim and built this house with his own hands. And when he brought us here, it was home. Nothing else would ever be the same." 
Shane drew a deep breath and let it ease out slowly. He smiled at her, and yet, somehow, as I watched him, my heart ached for him. Joe should be proud of a wife like you. Don't fret any more, Marion. You'll not lose this place. Mother dropped back in her chair. Her face, the side I could see from the window, was radiant. Then, woman-like, she was talking against herself. But that Fletcher is a mean and tricky man. Are you sure it will work out all right? Shane was already starting toward the barn. He stopped and turned to look at her again. I said, you won't lose this place. You knew he was right because of the way he said it and because he said it.